This is the J. Scott Outdoors podcast on Western big game hunting and fishing brought to you by GoHunt.com Insider. Research faster, hunt more. Go to GoHunt.com forward slash insider and use the J. Scott promo code when signing up to receive a $50 Kuyu gift card. I'm your host, J. Scott. And I live and breathe hunting and fishing, spending half the year in the field experiencing God's creation. I hope you'll enjoy hearing about our adventures. Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. This will be part two of a two-part series with Andy Galliano with the Turkey Hunter podcast. And it's a unique opportunity where I actually was guest on Andy's podcast. And uh, he was asking me a bunch of questions about Gould's turkey, so I thought I would uh, air it. I recorded it while we were we were having the conversation, and uh, so hopefully you enjoyed part one. I've gotten a lot of uh, uh, great uh, feedback from the first episode, and uh, looking forward to sharing the second part with you. Before we get to that, I wanted to cover a few things. First, remind you that the GoHunt.com Insider Giveaway for the month of February is six Outdoorsman's Tripod and Tripod Heads. It's always nice when multiple sponsors get together. Uh, Go Hunt and Outdoorsman's already have a relationship, and it's great when they get together to offer a promotion. Uh, Six Outdoorsman's tripods and tripod heads with a total value of $5,000. And all you have to do is be a Go Hunt Insider member to win. And every month they give hunts and gear and lots of great stuff away. Kuyu sleeping bags, 10, 10... uh, insider members won Kuyu sleeping bags, 10 uh, insider members won uh, Kuyu backpacks. Uh, this month, it's uh, six tripods uh, from the guys at the Outdoorsman's. Now, these are machined aluminum tripods and tripod heads, and you can go to uh, the Outdoorsman's.com website and see uh, the different Outdoorsman's tripods. They've got different sizes um, different tripod heads. They've got a pan head. They've got a pistol grip head. And um, if you haven't uh, seen these uh, tripods, uh, go to their website and check them out. Join Insider if you're not already a member. Uh, click on the blue Join Now button. Uh, when you sign up, use the J. Scott promo code and GoHunt.com is going to automatically send you a $50 Kuyu gift card. And uh, I know a bunch of podcast listeners are already uh, members of the Go Hunt Insider. Uh, I got a kind of a personal uh, walkthrough on the Go Hunt Insider with the new draw odds and the filtering 2.0. And there were several uh, things uh, within the draw odds that I didn't realize that the, um, that, that the uh, program could do. But it basically shows you how many guys applied last year with your same bonus points. And when you start talking about some of these different states, Nevada and, and uh, New Mexico and, and uh, Utah, Colorado, uh, you know, every little bit of information helps. So um, check that out. I want to thank GoHunt.com for their sponsorship of this podcast. I wanted to um, also let you know that uh, you'll hear... Uh, inside this podcast, you'll hear a, a commercial for Western Hunter uh, Magazine. I appreciate Western Hunter and Elk Hunter Magazine for being sponsors of this podcast and remind you that they are giving away a $1,500 credit 
towards any Swarovski product, all you have to do is go to westernhunter.net forward slash jscott and it will prompt you when you when you type in forward slash jscott it will take you down all you have to do is enter your email uh, that's it you enter your email and you're automatically entered into the drawing for a fifteen hundred dollar credit towards any Swarovski product so it's free uh, basically just go sign up and all they want is your email so um, go do that and um, I've also got some questions here uh, that I want to go over from you guys the listeners and uh, I encourage on every episode, I encourage you guys, the listeners, to send me an email. Uh, if you've got any questions, I'm happy to answer them and do the best that I can to uh, help you guys get the information you want. So let's uh, go over a couple of these questions. Okay, the first question comes from Simon, and he says, Hi, Jay. First off, I'd like to thank you for the great podcast that you've put together. I love hearing all the great technique stories from you and your guests. I'm a fairly... I am fairly new to hunting. This will be my second season, and this podcast has taught me so much. I have successfully harvested a couple whitetails, but I'm looking forward to harvesting my first elk. I'm starting to look for an open reed cow call and seem to remember you and Chris Rowe mentioning that you used the same one back in one of the episodes following the Arizona bow season. I was wondering which one that was and if you had any other recommendations for a fairly novice caller. I also had a couple ideas for to, uh, po podcast topics, scouting for elk using Google Earth, uh, and um, let's see, scouting, and you've done several episodes about the units in Arizona and Utah. I would like to hear a similar one for Colorado. Uh, yes, absolutely, uh, Simon. Uh, we do have a couple of episodes coming up on not only Colorado, but New Mexico's draw. Uh, both of those states, uh, as well as Nevada coming up here uh, later in the spring. So definitely going to cover that. Um, and also, yes, I'm going to do a couple of episodes actually on uh, scouting using Google Earth. Uh, we touched a little bit on it with uh, the episode, I believe the second or actually the first episode with Trail Kreitzer. Um, but I'm going to dive deeper into that. But to answer your question about an open read cow call, um, I, I really like the Trophy Wife external read cow call from Steve Chappell. And uh, you can go to, I believe, chapelguideservice.com. Uh, Chris Rowe and I both were using the open read uh, style cow call, uh, the Trophy Wife. Uh, Steve also makes a Matriarch cow call. Both are very good um, external read calls. Uh, I, I think they are great. Uh, I also really like uh, diaphragm calls, so um, hopefully that helps. Uh, next question here, it's from Scotty. Scotty's from back east. He says, howdy, Jay. Hope this finds you and yours doing well. I recently came upon your podcast and have been an avid, uh, even daily listener. Uh, Pennsylvania is a long way from Arizona and the rest of the west. Uh, I love your podcast. It helps me get through the daily grind till I can head west again. Uh, for that, I thank you, sir. I had an optics question. Would you recommend if a hunter could only afford one glassing slash scouting tool that it be a spotting scope or 15 power binoculars? For me, I think as an overall for, for hunting all species across, uh, say, the United States, having a pair of 10 by 42 
uh, binoculars and having a great spotting scope, you can uh, do a lot of damage. I would not recommend 15 power binoculars uh, in, in place of a spotting scope. Uh, I love my 15 power uh, Swarovski binoculars. I've had every generation of those of those 15s. Uh, the new ones are amazing. Um, but uh, you know, I use those for coos deer, uh, sheep, and long range, you know, glassing for mule deer. Uh, but I will be the first to say that you still need a spotting scope. So if it means not buying a spotting scope at all, and and and. You know, if you're just trying to find animals, that's one thing. But if you're truly trying to trophy, uh, trophy judge and field judge these animals, you need a spotting scope. And I would recommend you always hear uh, buy the most uh, or buy the best spotting scope that you can afford. Uh, I think the spotting scope is one of the most important tools uh, that I have uh, in my field judging uh, program. And I use the Swarovski 95 millimeter, the 30 by 70 power uh uh, eyepiece. Um, so I would, I would get a good pair of 10 power, you know, eight to 10 power binoculars and have a spotting scope, uh, high quality spotting scope before, um, I would have a pair of 15s. Um, if, if you're not truly a trophy hunter and, you know, you don't care whether it's a four by four with, you know, a little kicker and you just want to see if it's a buck or not. Yeah. The 15s are great. Uh, but the 15s, the application, you know, is only good in pretty big country where you can see, you know, it's got a fairly narrow field of view compared to the 10s. So I'm going to say, yeah, always carry a pair of 10s and a spotting scope. Now, if you go coos deer hunting, I think 15s, 12 or 15s are absolute necessity. Um, but for overall hunting all across the West, I think a good 10 power with a great spotting scope, you'll do just fine. So, uh, Scotty, thanks for your question. And I appreciate uh, you sending that in. Guys, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast and all the support. Um, it's just uh, very humbling to me to, to, uh, to get to share uh, this information with you guys and to get the feedback that I get every day. And I look forward to getting your emails. I look forward to people coming up and talking to me at trade shows. And it's just awesome. I want to thank you guys. If you have any uh, questions or comments uh, or podcast suggestions, please email me at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. You can follow along our adventures at jscottoutdoors. My partner, Dar Colburn, D-A-R-R Colburn, uh, on Instagram. Uh, also, our website, jscottoutdoors.com. Our YouTube channel, jscottoutdoors, um, and on Facebook. So, uh, guys, uh, let's get right to the episode. Also, I want to remind you that, yes, I've gotten a few emails. Uh, Gould's Turkey, that's G-O-U-L-D-S, turkeyhunt.com, is another sister site of ours. And uh, we do Gould's Turkey Hunts in the spring down in Sonora, Mexico. Uh, we actually also have a few Arizona hunts here uh, this April. Uh, but we do GouldsTurkeyHunt.com down in Sonora, Mexico, and you can go on that website. We also have a Facebook page, GouldsTurkeyHunt.com. Uh, I guess it's Goulds Turkey Hunt on Facebook, uh, but you can go on there and check out our videos and all the pictures of our, uh, they're an amazing bird, and um, uh, I just really enjoy that two weeks. Usually we do our hunts the uh, 1st through the 15th of May. 
during the peak Gould's turkey gobbling season down there in Mexico, and it's just a hoot, uh, just a lot of fun. I also wanted to remind you guys that Dar Colburn and myself are doing a free uh, turkey hunting seminar for the Desert Christian Archers on Tuesday, March 15th. It starts at 6 p.m. That's in Phoenix, Arizona at Calvary Community Church. That's at 12612 North Black Canyon Highway. Uh, that is March 15th at 6 p.m. Uh, they're going to be uh, giving away a lot of door prizes. Uh, there's going to be refreshments. They're going to have some raffles. We're going to talk about hunting techniques, scouting, locating, calling. Uh, there's going to be a, a section there where you guys can ask questions. And uh, all, all it's free. But what we're asking you to do is bring a um, Calvary Community Church uh, Mana Ministry. Uh, they need food and toiletries drive. Please bring any non-perishable food items or toiletries, soap, toothpaste, deodorant uh, for the needy families of, of, of Calvary. And uh, if you can't make the uh, seminar and you would like to donate, uh, please send me an email and I will put you in touch uh, with, uh, with the uh, powers to be. And um, this is a great program. You know, we, we need to take care of the people around in our community. And uh, this uh, Calvary Community Church Mana Ministries is a great one. And uh, just thank you guys for your generosity. I look forward to seeing each and every one of you out there March 15th. Tell your friends it's free. Bring the kids, uh, bring your wives, bring your friends, bring, bring everybody. And um, we, we did a uh, seminar last year and it was just awesome. We had a bunch of people, a lot of great questions. Uh, Dar and I put together a video um, program and um, it's, uh, it's, it's a really fun time. So love to see you out there. Make sure to look me up. Uh, love to shake hands and get to meet all the podcast listeners face to face. So let's get right to this part two episode uh, on Gould's turkey hunting with Andy Galliano. Have you guys heard about PhoneScope? PhoneScope is a privately held company that makes custom molded, precisely engineered smartphone digiscoping adapters. Photographing wildlife has never been easier. Take digiscoping photos and videos from your smartphone and share them with your friends. PhoneScope stands behind their product with a 100% money back guarantee. PhoneScope is the future of digiscoping. Get yours now. Use the JSCOT16 promo code and receive 10% discount on all purchases. Check them out at PhoneScope, that's P-H-O-N-E-S-K-O-P-E dot com or on Instagram at PhoneScope. Wilderness Athlete is committed to improving the health and quality of life for the outdoor athlete by providing field-tested, scientifically validated nutrition and sports performance products. Check them out at wildernessathlete.com and use the J. Scott promo code to receive 10% off any order in February 2016. If it was longer than five minutes that it took him to close that distance, I'll be shocked. He covered what had to be a half mile in about five minutes. Yeah, I mean, and and for the Goulds, you know, their legs are so long. They've got big old, big old legs on them, uh, long legs. And, you know, they can just cover ground. And, you know, I've also seen them 
gobble as far out as you can hear, and they take quite a bit of time. But they're coming, but they're just kind of walking and feeding, but they're coming the whole time. And I've seen them also break and be on you so fast that you can't even believe it. Last year, my last hunt of the year, um, let's see, was it my last hunt of the year? I think I was uh, with a, a doctor out of Reno, Brian Jewell. Um, we were, it was a real windy day. And we were up on this point, and I called, and he said, I thought I heard a turkey gobble. I said, well, move a little bit away from me, and I'll call again. Boom, a bird gobbled. He goes, it was a bird. It's way out there. And I said, well, let's just sit here and see you know, see what he's doing. And danged if that bird didn't just, I mean, come and come and come and come, and finally came all the way around, and, and he shot him. Uh, he, he came up on the opposite ridge from us. Uh, we could see him then. He was probably 250 yards away. I hit him. He gobbled. He kind of strutted. He kind of walked up. He was looking. I hit him again. He gobbled. He came down. He crossed the big canyon, came all the way up, and basically had us pinned, uh, walked right to us, and he shot him at, oh, 15 yards. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, they, they'll. that's the thing I love about ghouls is, you know, uh, you know, they'll make you feel like you're the best turkey caller in the world, and I'm certainly not. I'm proficient, but, you know, they're very interactive birds. Yeah. It's amazing that there's such a difference between the birds and an eastern. You're not going to call an eastern <laughs> that far most days. Sure. Yeah, it'll happen occasionally. You'll get lucky and call one that kind of a distance. But there are so many things to hang up an eastern to where they won't come in. And a Merriam's or a Gould's, they have no issue with covering yeah. half or three quarters of a mile, there's nothing that's going to stop them from getting there. Yeah. And I, I think too, you know, the country's so big and, and there it's probably further between turkeys. So they're used to traveling over to see their buddies, you know, three drainages over and, and as opposed to where you're probably at, you know, you guys can kill five turkeys a year. Your density is one of the highest in the nation and you know you your your bird per mile or bird per acre is is way high compared to you know some of these large ranches we're hunting in in mexico for goulds you know we we might have a you know twenty five thousand acre ranch and there might only be you know a hundred birds on the whole place i mean mm -hmm. so they're pockety and and i think that's why they're they're willing to cover a lot of ground to come to that that call you're making yeah they're a lot of fun Oh man, that is for sure. They they make you feel good, just like Jay said. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you. You can leave from that trip and think, man, I am the greatest turkey hunter in the world. <laughs> and now, with that being said, they are still turkeys. You can't be absolutely. You can't go out there and just run around and think you're going to run one down. And you know, you can't be silly about it. But they are responsive and yeah. a lot of fun to hunt. Absolutely. Well, I have had the good fortune of being able to travel a good bit and hunt, and I've been to Africa a couple of times on safaris. I've been to Mexico on a turkey hunt, been to Mexico a couple of times fishing, been, you know, it's, I've, I've been fortunate enough to be able to travel a good bit and do the things that I love doing, like hunting and fishing. And I know that hunting in a foreign country presents certain challenges. There's among those 
There are language barriers, just travel itself. Every country has different gun laws. You have the food and water issue, ammunition, because every country is different about the ammunition and what they allow there and that type of thing. Caring for your trophies and importing the animals into the states, clearing them through customs, are a few of those challenges. Can you address some of those challenges for us and maybe yeah, give us absolutely. some tips on how we can best prevent those challenges from ruining the hunt of a lifetime? Yeah, I mean, anytime you travel in a foreign country, and let's talk about Mexico specifically, you know, you don't have to know Spanish in order to get around. Uh, it helps. You know, knowing some of the words can certainly help, but I think when you're picking an outfitter to go with down there, you want to pick someone that is reputable. You want to make sure you check references. You want to make sure, you know, I've been going down since the late 90s, uh, coos deer hunting and, and, and turkey hunting, but, you know, we go two or three times a year uh, coos deer hunting and in Mexico, and we hunt a lot of the same ranches and a lot of the same country. And, you know, it, it's one of those things. We travel during the day. We travel together. Uh, we travel on the main roads. Uh, we don't go into the towns. We, 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 you know, we don't put ourselves in positions that uh, make us vulnerable. Um, we, we don't, you know, we take all our, of our own water. Um, I usually take two guys at a time. I'll do a custom trip. If, like this year, I have four guys actually from Alabama that are um, coming, they're all friends. They're all going to shoot one bird each. They're all coming together. Yeah. Um, but I, tra I, I travel in small groups. Um, we don't, you know, we don't do anything that's going to put us in a situation that same as if we were driving in LA or Detroit or Atlanta, we're not going to go stop in the wrong spot. Yeah. So we're going to do everything that we can to be in the right spot. The gun permit stuff is fairly simple. People a lot of times think that it's a real in-depth process, and, and really all it is is way ahead of time. Uh, I file for the gun permits. Uh, the Mexican government signs off and issues us our permits. We get the permits. We cross the guns at the U.S. border. We fill out our customs 4457 forms, which means when we come back into the U.S. that we've declared them as our guns that we're taking into Mexico. So then you have your Mexican gun permit. You check them at the border. Uh, by the way, all of my hunts, I drive into Mexico. I live here in Arizona. I can be from my house to the Mexican border in about four hours. I can be to Nogales in probably three and a half. I can be to Douglas in probably four um, I drive into Mexico. Most of the ranches are anywhere from 30 to 50 miles south. I, I bring all my own food. I bring all water bottles. I bring all the coolers with the food. Mm -hmm. I eliminate, you know, I tell people, you know, I would recommend not drinking the water. A lot of my hunters say, well, I'm on a well, you know, every day. What's the difference? Honestly, I think out there on those ranches, those ranch wells, it's probably the same. There probably is no difference. Um, the general principle is you don't want to drink the water in Mexico. So I just bring bottled water, yeah. um, import, you know, with, with your guns, you always, they want to see the ammo. When you cross the border, you check at the police, they sign off on your gun permit. You put them back in the cases, you drive over to the military, you walk in, you, there's a room that you stand there, you show them your gun permit. I mean, 
throughout the year when we're hunting coos deer and goulds, you know, I may, with checking hunters in and out, I may see that same person at the military checkpoint, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten times in, in a year, mm-hmm. you know, checking in and checking out. And they basically initial, they check the serial number, and then you're on your way. Um, there, it's really not as strenuous as you would think. Now, you definitely want to have your serial numbers and everything correct, because if you don't, they're not going to be imported in. You're going to have to leave your gun on the U.S. side. Yeah. Um, as far as trophy care and, you know, importing your animals, uh, fortunately, this year, the USDA avian flu ban was lifted. Uh, the last couple of years, you actually, each bird, you had to have a special USDA permit. Mm-hmm. I believe the permit was 50, I want to say $50 a person. Um, you had to have an approved establishment taxidermy, which you still do, but they're not requiring the special USDA permit anymore. You just fill out your normal, we have the paperwork uh, the, the, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Declaration forms, you just declare your, your animal, and you still have to send them to an approved establishment. Um, but when the avian flu was lifted, which I was told did not even have anything to do with turkeys, it was actually a chicken thing in, right. in way south, you know, southern Mexico, um, that just is one less thing that we have to deal with um, there. But having done it so much, I mean, people now that go with me, they're like, wow. I thought it was going to be a big hassle. And I'm like, no, I mean, if you have all your paperwork done and, and you've done it as much as we have, you know, it, it's not that big of a challenge at all. Yeah. So really probably the key in all of those issues and making sure that they don't crop up is going with an outfitter that is familiar with the process, knows how everything yes. works, and you probably still want to have a conversation with your taxidermist before you go. Absolutely. So that you can work out any issues there and, and know what to do. And Yeah, and actually on our declaration form, we actually list approved establishment taxidermists. Uh, so that each person that comes, if they're planning to get their bird mounted or even if even if you're just bringing your feathers in, they have to still go to an approved establishment. So either I have to ship them or the people have to take them personally. And then when they get in the taxidermy shop, they sign off on them. Uh, but it, absolutely, if, if guys don't know uh, an AE taxidermist, I have a handful of them that I use. Um, that are very familiar with the process, and um, we provide all of that. Yeah. I was fortunate in that I went on the trip with my taxidermist. Oh, cool. Who did you go with? uh, What, Outfitter or the taxidermist? Either one. Um, I went with Rancho Durangano. Okay, so, so you were down Durango. in you were in Durango. Yep, okay, I went to Durango, and uh-huh. my taxidermist was Shane Smith. Okay, and Shane does an excellent job with turkeys, but it was really convenient for me because I just shot turkeys and handed them to him and said, "Okay, there you go." See you back <laughs> in Alabama. And yeah, uh, I I understand from that um, place in Durango, um, you fly right in, and um, then you have a drive, and uh, it it's. Now, compared to where I hunt, distance-wise, I want to say it's a couple hundred miles uh, to the south and to the 
East, and I've heard lots of good things uh, about them. And, you know, there's a handful of, of really good Gould's Turkey Outfitters um, for sure. And like anything, I think, you you know, you talk to the outfitter, you get a level of comfort with them, and you check your references and, uh, you know, go have a good time. Yeah. That's really the key is having those conversations with the outfitter and determining if you're going to get along with that outfitter. And that, sure. that goes the same whether it's with a Gould's turkey hunt or a whitetail hunt in Kansas or a pheasant hunt in South Dakota an elk hunt in Colorado, it does not matter what you're hunting. You want to make sure that that outfitter understands how you operate, what your requirements are, and can accommodate you. Not every, Absolutely. Not every outfitter can do it. Not every outfitter can accommodate you. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's, there's a, you know, the old saying, there's a seat for every rear end. I mean, there's an outfitter for every hunter and, yeah. and, you know, there's there's all sorts of reasons why why people pick, uh, you know, certain outfitters and other people pick other ones. I think, you know, one of the things I would say is we like, you know, I like to do is I like to take two guys at a time. I typically like to take two guys that are buddies that know each other. Mm-hmm. I've been with a lot of different guys that have completed their Royal and World Slams together. We do it as a three-man team. Um, had guys last year from Mississippi. uh uh, Greg Gray and Tally Rydell, um, they came down to f- fulfill their Royal Slam, which is obviously the Grand Slam plus the plus the uh, Goulds for the Royal. And um, we went out, we roosted birds the night before, and uh, well, we 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 crossed the border, we got to the ranch around noon, we got everything unloaded, uh, we got kind of set up, we went and roosted birds that evening. We could have hunted, but it was a, a little bit uh, late by the time we got over to where I wanted to go. Got birds roosted, went in there the next morning. They got a double right off the roost. Uh, we went back, had lunch, had a you know a small siesta, and um, got got food in our bellies. Went back out around 3:30 that afternoon. Got set up in a place that I know they like to go in the afternoon, and they actually shot a double uh, that afternoon. So they shot four birds in one day. But the beautiful thing was we did it all together. We had it set up where. They're both set up, and they had it worked out. If one comes on the left side, one comes on the right. Whoever's on the left, whoever's on the right shoots. Uh, they had it worked out. If one comes in, who is going to shoot? And I think the fun part of that is you get to enjoy it with a buddy. And I video all the hunts. I take pictures of our setups before the turkeys come in, after they come in. And I try and really focus on a high-quality turkey hunting experience and and not to put any of my competitors down at all because they have their own styles and, and do some fantastic hunts as well. But I thought by focusing on small, uh, you know, high-quality experience, uh, you know, each buddy, let's say one guy went out and shot a bird and his buddy didn't get to shoot. Well, you know, the three- or four-day hunt that we do is a long hunt because the person that already got his bird doesn't have to stay in the you know, in the house, we can all go together as a, as a three man team. And maybe the person that's already filled their birds can video or sit back and take photos when the bird comes in. And it just makes for a really great time. Yeah. Then how long before I book a Gould's hunt 
with an outfitter, do you recommend that I start gathering information and planning my trip? You know, I would say a couple years ago, you were fine probably uh, in December or January booking for that year. I think as our economy has gotten better over the last few years and we've kind of come out of our out of our uh, depression that, that, that the, the country's seen, uh, it seems like bookings are, are much more um, advanced. Uh, obviously, we're, you know, in April now. I'm booked for 2015, and I have a slot or two left in 2016 and already taking reservations in 2017. Wow. So my advice would be if you want to go, get a hold of the outfitter, talk to the outfitter, and try and get it set up as quickly as possible. Because, you know, there's not that many Goulds outfitters, and there's a lot of turkey hunters that want to complete their Royal Slams and want to get that Goulds turkey. And I've just noticed, seems like the last couple of years, the competition as far as the numbers of people calling and numbers of people wanting to book has really gone up. And I think that's a credit to our the economy getting you know slowly better and um, people having a little bit more income to spend on you know fulfilling their dream of the Royal Slam. So I would say sooner than later, get you, get your spot and um, pick you an outfitter and and go for it. Yeah. At GoHunt.com, we are restoring the heritage of the old and constantly redefining the new. We stay focused and put our efforts into redefining the future of Western hunting. What makes us special? What makes us different? We are the new breed of hunter. We are the customers that we serve. We are the innovators and we are the future. Visit GoHunt.com slash insider and join the movement. Use the J. Scott promo code when signing up and receive a $50 Kuyu gift card. Since 1982, the Outdoorsman's in Phoenix has made it their goal to provide the very best customer service combined with the latest and greatest optics and accessories in the business. Outdoorsman's is the leading designer and manufacturer of high-quality tripods and mounting accessories for any hunter's optical needs. Go to Outdoorsman's.com or call 1-800-291-8065 and use the J. Scott promo code until February 28th to receive 10% off all Outdoorsman's packs and pack accessories. How much, well, let me say it this way. Having hunted goulds, I know that it's not like walking out the back door to go shoot an eastern turkey sure where i may not have to even buy gasoline a lot of people have the luxury of literally walking out of their back door and being turkey hunting but it's not that easy with the goulds and because it's not that easy with the goulds there's a cost associated with that that's fairly pricey considered to a lot of compared to a lot of other turkey hunts Sure. Just on average, what does a typical Gould's turkey hunt cost, just the hunt itself? Yeah, I'm going to say that I've seen them anywhere from 2000 for one bird up to 3000 for one bird. Hmm. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's you know, 3000 but your gun permit is included. Sometimes it's 2000 but then you've got to add in your gun permit. You've got to add in your ammo. You've got to add. So... I'm going to say a general rule of thumb is between 2000 and 3000 I'm going to say more than likely the price, the lower price point is probably going to be an operation that 
takes more hunters, so they take a larger group of people so they can actually lower the amount of the cost but do more hunters, mm. whether it be better hunting or worse hunting, or maybe they have a you know huge places and, and can shoot 80 birds a year, you know? Yeah. I, I tend to see the people at the higher price end are smaller operations. Uh, I would definitely think I'm probably towards the higher end just because I focus on super high quality experience and more of a one-on-one or two-on-one experience videoing every hunt, uh, you know, and giving the video footage to the client. You know, very rarely does any client of mine ever shoot any bird that I don't have video of the whole thing from roosting them the night before to flying off the limb to beating the decoys up, you know, to the interviews before it happens, you know, a, a full on video of the whole thing. And, um, you know, and then there's some operations that just, you know, have a great hunt and kill a ton of turkeys, but you may have eight guys in camp. You may have, everybody might have their own individual guide and, you know, I've seen cases where guys go out and they do eight for eight in the first morning and they're done, you know, I, you know, so I, I'm not going to say one's better than the other. I think people have to decide what kind of scenario do they want? Do they want to go with an American speaking guide? Or do they want to go with a, a Spanish-speaking guide? Um, and, and, you know, sometimes one is better than the others, and sometimes, you know, the other is better than the others. It's just on an individual basis. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I, I will say one thing, too. Uh, I think another reason why the Goulds hunt is probably more expensive is they are a rare bird. And... Keep in mind that the price that outfitters like myself have to pay to the ranchers is would blow your mind when you when you know exactly what we have to pay. It is actually very very expensive to lease these properties, and as our economy gets better, I think the Mexican ranchers also feel that, and it just seems like the price per bird goes way way up, and so. Um, a lot of times that has a lot to do with it as well. I, I think uh, one thing that needs to be noted, Andy, uh, that may cause the Gould's turkey hunt to be more expensive is the fact that as outfitters, we have to pay a premium to the ranchers for those birds. And so it's not like a deal where, you know, you're hunting in, in, in Nebraska where the ranchers charge and the outfitter, you know, a hundred dollars a bird or two, you know, a couple hundred dollars a bird. Yeah. It can be much, much higher than that. And so, you know, I, I think that's another reason why Gould's turkey hunts can be um, more expensive because we have to pay in a lot of times dearly for those birds. Yeah. I lost you again about three quarters of the way through at that time, but, um, you want me to hit it again? Yeah, I I think I think that we can. Um, I think we pretty well get the gist because I, I I got the part where you said that Nebraska they may pay a hundred dollars a bird, but you're paying much much more than that to the ranchers. Yeah. So you yeah are you guys and and this may or may not make it on the show what I'm about to ask you, but I'm I'm curious to know and the average listener may not be so. Are you paying per bird or are you paying per acre that you lease? No, it all of my leases are per bird. Okay. 
and something to note there is a wounded bird is as uh just like a killed bird yeah uh so it, you know it's a per bird deal and you know that to me it's difficult because if you were just paying per acre you know i kind of want to be able to have a say in how many birds are harvested off of each property because i've found that what i think should be harvested and what the actual rancher thinks should be harvested are two different things my number is much much lower obviously they want to make as much money as they can but the thing that i don't think sometimes they don't understand is how fragile these birds are and if you do over hunt these this population it could take a while for it to come back and you need to leave a lot of gobblers on your property uh, to make sure that they have plenty of, uh, you know, the, 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 the gobblers can really get with those hens and get them bred. Because we have a huge predation problem, and, you know, it, it, it can be very, very finicky, so you never want to over-harvest a property. What are the primary predators of the turkeys in Mexico? Basically everything. I mean, you've got coyotes, you've got foxes, you've got skunks, uh, bobcats, uh, you know, mountain lions. I can't say that a mountain lion, I've seen them take a turkey, but I know they do. Um, you know, everything out there will eat a turkey. Uh, we have a lot of coyotes and a lot of bobcats. Um, and, you know, it just seems like the turkey from day one is, is fighting an uphill battle for sure. Lots of coyotes, uh, Andy. Yeah. Now, is there still a good amount of hunting the ghouls turkey for sustenance by the locals? I would say on the most of Mexico is private property, and most of these ranches that we hunt in Sonora, it is absolutely forbidden that the people, the cowboys and the vaqueros and such that live on the properties harvest any deer or turkey because the owner recognizes real quick the value that the, each one of those birds and deer has. And so I'm not going to say that it doesn't happen, but, uh, you know, most citizens in Mexico cannot own a firearm. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's very rare, actually. You know, at a lot of the ranches, there'll be an old 12-gauge or an old rusty 22, but you don't see a lot of firearms uh, down there. And I would say as an outfitter, one of the big things I always look for is, you know, I do not want to lease a property that has anybody else hunting the property. It's it's very strict in my contracts that I want to be the only person harvesting turkeys on that property. And, and, and you know, coos deer, we do coos deer hunts as well. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, that's the only way to maintain your quality is to know that when you leave a ranch that nobody else is going to be there harvesting something off of the property. Right. Yeah. Well, that's about all the information that I have for you as far as the Goulds is concerned. And you told us a little bit about the story of your most recent successful turkey hunt, but that's the question that I always ask my guests when I have them on, is to mm -hmm. give us a story of your most recent successful turkey hunt and the one or two things that made that hunt a, a success. So, we heard the story. Now, tell me about your trip to California with your nephews. What is it that made that hunt a success for you that morning? I think the biggest thing for me is I'm huge into roosting turkeys. Um, I, I feel like 
if I can pinpoint that exact tree where they're at. Um, you know, my nephews, I've been taking them. They're, let's see, 20 and 18 now, and I've been taking them last seven, eight, nine years. I mean, the, the little guy was, he's now 6'5 and, you know, 200, 210 pounds, but he was a little tyke when I first started taking them, you know, just a little guy. Yeah. And from the beginning, I've always taught them that roost time. In California, you can hunt till 4 o'clock. So from 4 o'clock on, it's, it's we're roosting. We're trying to figure out turkeys and exactly where they're at. A lot of times we'll be up on ridges with our binoculars trying to see where, where birds are and where, where we can get at them the next morning. And in my mind, knowing exactly where they're set up, where they fly to take off into their tree, and where they're positioned, where the hens are as opposed to the gobblers is huge. And I think on that hunt that we just had, you know, we watched them for a better part of a couple hours down there. And we were, you know, six, seven, eight hundred yards away along, maybe, you know, half mile away, 800 yards away mm -hmm. and watched them strutting and doing their whole thing. So we had a pretty good idea that if our morning plan foiled, that we could go set up in a mid-afternoon and kind of knew where they would be strutting and doing their thing. And ironically, they moved probably a half a mile to go to their roost tree. And it was probably just as, uh, you know, maybe 40 minutes left in light, just as just as the sun finally crests over, they start beelining to the, the roost trees. And we were trying to figure out exactly where they were. Well, they went kind of around this little hill and, and, it was clear that we didn't know exactly what tree, but we knew the meadow where they were. And I think, especially out here in the West where it's pretty uh, big country, pretty open country, I think the biggest thing is is trying to roost those birds and being as observant as you can, um, trying to figure them out, okay, which way are they going to fly out of the tree? Uh, where, where do you think they want to go when they do hit the ground? And... I got between them and where they were the previous afternoon. There was a little water tank over there, and I figured that um, if I got in between them, that they were headed that way anyway. And I think putting yourself in the right position is, is key. Yeah, that is huge, without a doubt. Yeah, and with the Goulds, the same way. I mean, we do a lot of glassing, um, and... You know, one thing I stress with my guys, sometimes we'll stop hunting them and, and in the afternoon just to make sure that we get a good roost set up and, um, uh, you know, lift off, you know, maybe an hour and a half before to try and get to high ground to just try and spot some turkeys and watch exactly where they go when we could be down there hunting them. Sometimes we'll pull off just so that we know we have a great morning and have a good setup on them. Yeah, that's I think very important is, you know, even hunting Easterns, if you can figure out where that bird is and know a lot of times with an Eastern, you're not going to know exactly which tree it's in. But if you know within 100, 150 yards of where that bird is, it doesn't matter if you wake up the next morning and the wind's blowing 30 miles an hour. Sure. You've got a lead. And yeah, it gives you a place to start, yes. and I think it's huge. It really is. It really is. Well, Jay, I really appreciate you coming on. I, like I said, I wanted to have you on here just to talk about the Goulds because they are really an amazing trophy. 
and the hunt is quite the experience. You cannot complete a Royal Slam without a Goulds. Heck, you yep. can't complete a World Slam without a Goulds. Yep. So if any of the listeners have a desire to go out and kill an Isolated and get a World Slam, you've got to have the Goulds as well for that. And the area that the birds are in the mountains is amazing. Some of the most beautiful country you'll ever see. It really is. It's very arid, dry, and having that type of habitat in the mountains is it's really unique and so it's an experience that is really hard to describe and i highly recommend that if you've got the ability and you've got the desire to travel and hunt then by all means take on a gould's hunt you'll not be disappointed with it at all you'll be very happy that you did it and before i let you go Utah Hydrographics is in the water transfer printing service and they are open to whatever you can dream up. Choose from a wide range of camel patterns, designs, and colors. Whether it's guns, bows, tools, rifle stocks, vehicles, steering wheels, fenders, dashboards, paint guns, fishing rods, cups, tripods, watches, knife grips, helmets for a local sports team or for your motorcycle, picture frames, mailbox, animal skulls, you name it they can probably do it. Utah Hydrographics loves taking things that are general looking and turns them into something that looks fantastic and eye-popping. Give them a call and see what they can do for you and receive up to a 10% discount by using the J. Scott 16 promo code. Visit them at utahhydrographics.com or on Instagram at utahhydrographics. Whether you are interested in elk, deer, Antelope, bighorn sheep, or moose, Western Hunter and Elk Hunter magazines will bring the adventure to your mailbox. These publications feature articles on the finest hunting gear, tips and tactics from experienced hunters, field judging trophies, glassing techniques, calling strategies, and much more. To become a more knowledgeable and skilled hunter, subscribe today. Go to westernhunter.net forward slash jscott and enter your email address for a chance to win a $1,500 credit towards any Swarovski product. Tell us how we can find you to talk about hunting goulds with you or to book a hunt with you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, goulds turkey hunt singular. I think before you had said goulds turkey hunt. I it's gouldsturkeyhunt.com. Uh, also on Facebook at Gould's Turkey Hunt Facebook. Um, I have an Instagram account that I run a lot of Gould's Turkey pictures on, and that's at J. Scott Outdoors. Uh, I also have uh, my other hunting and fishing stuff at J. Scott Outdoors. Uh, I have a Western Big Game Hunting and Fishing podcast. I believe I have one Gould's Turkey episode. Actually, Gray Gray, who shot the... Um, uh, who, the guys that got the four birds in one day That's last Mississippi year. Mississippi hunters, yeah. Yep, Mississippi hunters. They're on my podcast, and I actually have another Goulds uh, uh, hunt podcast coming up. 
uh, that's going to be released. And I just started a podcast about uh, 30, 40 days ago and have just been enjoying the heck out of it. I've got about 17 episodes loaded so far. But uh, yeah, GouldsTurkeyHunt.com uh, or Goulds Turkey Hunt on Facebook. And, um, you know, people can email me at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. I love to talk turkeys. I uh, love to talk hunting of any sort. And um, it's just an extreme passion of mine and uh, real into photos and videos and, and, and capturing the whole experience. Yeah, for anyone listening, you're going to have a harder time finding someone nicer than Jay and he and I have had a couple of conversations leading up to this interview, and he's extremely knowledgeable about turkey hunting. He's extremely knowledgeable about the Gould's turkey. He is, as I mentioned, extremely nice. And above all of that, maybe I should say in addition to all of that, he is <laughs> one heck of a photographer and videographer as well. So you have a YouTube channel, do you not? I do. Yeah, Jay Scott, uh, Jay Scott Outdoors on YouTube. Uh, fortunate to have, I believe, about 1,300 subscribers and have uh, well over a million views. And all of my Gould's turkey hunts uh, for the last uh, four or five years, uh, pretty much all of them can be found on uh, YouTube. And... Um, just fell in love with uh, video years ago and, and trying to tell a story. Um, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm not the greatest editor. I'm not the great, you know, it, you know, I definitely have some weaknesses, but one thing I feel one of my strengths is I, I'm constantly trying to tell the story through photographs and through video. And, you know, the, the Goulds provide, uh, they're a perfect bird to video because they really like to come to the decoys and they're very call friendly. So it's, it's, it creates a great opportunity for me. Yeah. These are not shaky, blurry videos. <laughs> These are high quality, very professional looking videos. I think if you go to Jay's YouTube page and watch some of those videos, you'll be thoroughly impressed with not only his ability to capture like you said, a story on camera, but you'll be impressed with the hunt. You'll be impressed with the terrain. You'll be impressed with the birds. And if you're listening to this show, you have got to enjoy a good turkey hunt. And there are a lot of them on his channel. So I recommend going and checking that out. And your as I mentioned before as well, your hunt in California with your nephews is on your channel. And that was I pretty much video yeah, everything that I do from elk hunts, sheep hunts, turkey hunts. Uh, I video, I spend the summer chasing uh, trout in Colorado and Wyoming, and I video and take photos of that. I, um, you know, I'm blessed to have just a, a, a really good life, and, and uh, I love hunting and fishing. It's uh, something I think about all the time, and, you know, You've said some very kind words uh, about about what I'm doing. Uh, I want to say back to you, uh, I, I love listening to your podcast and uh, really enjoy the guests that you've had on. And uh, it's a, uh, just a pleasure to go on and listen to some of the stuff and the stories and the content that you have. So Thanks. right back at you and um, look forward to seeing what else you've got going on. And 
we missed each other this year at the NWTF convention. Yeah, I uh, hopefully next year or the year after we can hook up and uh, uh, maybe have some lunch or dinner. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. We definitely need to do that because your nephew is coming to play football in the great state of Alabama. Yes, he is. And everyone listening already knows how awesome the football is in the state of Alabama. Your your nephew is going to Jacksonville State. Jacksonville State, which has yep. a great program. Yep. And he's really excited. I want to extend the invitation to you and your nephew to come on a turkey hunt with me. That'll be fantastic. So that that uh, will that that's awesome. We'll have to meet up at the NWTF convention to make some definite plans for that. And we'll make that happen. That'll be a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. He's uh Oh, he's a little tyke. He's a left-handed uh, quarterback. He's six, five. He's just a great kid. His older brother, Jay, uh, uh, my namesake is a great kid and, and I've just enjoyed, I don't have kids. And so my sister has five kids and I've just enjoyed you know, um, hunting and fishing with those guys, and um, they're a ball to be around, so I'm anxious to have you meet them, and uh, just uh, thanks for having me on, and I look forward to meeting you one of these days, and want to wish you the best of luck with the rest of your season you've got. Thank you very much. I need all the luck I can get, (laughs) and and I, I appreciate you coming on, and you guys go out there onto iTunes and check out Jay's podcast. You're going to enjoy that. It's some excellent content and if you have not been out west hunting it's something that you'll enjoy listening to and it will get you fired up about going out west to hunt whether that's elk or coos deer or a gould's turkey or rio he does a great job on his podcast you'll thoroughly enjoy that you will learn a ton of information so i don't think you'll regret it at all Thanks, Andy. Jay, thank you for taking time this evening. I look forward to talking to you again soon. And once again, I wish you luck this turkey season. And I look forward to seeing some great videos of your hunters hunting with you as well. Thanks. Yeah, we've got a lot of great stuff right here in front of us over the next, uh, you know, 40, 45 days. So um, hopefully we'll touch base after that and share some stories and, uh, Until then, I guess gobble, gobble, and shoot straight, okay? (laughs) That's the hard part for me, shooting straight. (laughs) Me too. I'll give it a try. (laughs) All right, amigo. I'll catch you later. Thank you, Jay. Goodbye.